Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Was I supposed to say that? Yeah. Or was I supposed to act that out? All inanity, meaningless, useless shit. Let's let's actually start talking about something real. Hello and welcome to the China Shop. Step right in. Come on, come all. We are just so fucking happy that you're here with us today. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm a little nervous. I thought the Virgin Galactic test flight was today when I woke up this morning. Now I have to wait another day to see if I just risked way too much money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we can talk about that uh, when we get to uh, the stupid things that we did this week. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on into the shop with us today. Sit back, relax, rage against the hedge machine. Uh, we, we, as always, we, we're welcoming any new listeners to the shop just joining us. We are here smashing our way around, trying to find a complete set of unsmashed china, but it's hard to do when you smash china to see what's underneath it. I don't know. We haven't figured that part out yet. But we know that step three is profit, so. Profit. <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome to the shop. Fantastic. Glad you're here. Uh, if you are new to stock trading in general, we've got a, a lot of beginner uh, episode options out there to get you caught up to speed. If you don't know any of the vocabulary, now might be a good time to pause the podcast and, and go brush up on that. We've got some of that beginning stuff on financialneptitude.com. We'll have all those links and fun stuff in the episode description. Uh, but the best place to be, whether you're new or not, is uh, join us on our Discord server. Kyle and I are on there every day. Uh, it's uh, just a really day. awesome place to be. Every and fucking day. We actually got our first uh, pumper. Or shill, yes, or whatever you want to call them. That was that was really exciting. Yes, we Blocked did. the shit out of her. Yeah, yeah that that was that was not fun. <laughs> I'm going to join your Discord server and just chat. I'm just going to post a stock quote to a penny stock. Yeah, here's another one. Here's another stock ticker. It's like what? What? Stop it! It's got great fundamentals. No, it doesn't. No, no, it <laughs> it's doesn't. In the middle of a lawsuit trying to raise, and then don't tell me it's not share dilution when you're selling shares that have been locked up by the company. W- they they offered a subscription plan for existing shareholders to buy new shares monthly. That's to pay their legal a, bills. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I like a company who's got products they're selling. Not well, they're going to win a lawsuit, and that'll make them a huge amount of cash. That'll bring the stock up. Like, no, that lawsuits is not good income strategy for a company. Sorry. Anyway. uh, Yeah, so we are on that Discord server. We're banning shills left and right. No, we we just had the one. Uh, And we did give her a chance to step up and be a good community member, but she did not take that chance. No. So, uh, yeah. When you do find your way onto that Discord server, make sure to send us a uh, private message with your home address, and we can send you uh, some 
smash it yourself mugs or shot glasses straight from the shop. I love those new shot glasses, Kyle. Well, sit back, folks. We got a libatious, loquacious, drunkenly show. Drunken. Drunkenly. Drunkenlacious. Drunkenlicious. Those are terrible adjectives. Well, you give me. Give, give, me, give me one. Uh, neutral. Starts with an L. Oh. <laughs> Why L? I like alliteration. We, we got lots of market moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than beers at a tailgate mm. here in the China shop. Normally, you only have one beer to choose from. Usually, it's Bud Light. Well, what makes you think I was referring to different brands? I could have just meant the quantity of beers. Oh, well, it's not really a choice if they're all the same. Well, each can has its own personality, and when you don't pick it and you pick its neighbors, it gets really sad. I do like to make sure they all taste the same. Uh, reach out to us. We love your messages and comments on the Twitter and Facebook and Discord. If you're old school, just... It's too late to throw long into the descriptions. <laughs> 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 we got a libaceous, loquacious, long show for you today. <laughs> reach out to us. If you're old school, you can shoot us an email at uh, the number two bulls at financialneptitude.com. That's two bulls at financialneptitude.com. Or you can give us a phone call at 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you're in love for the first time in your life and you need to share it with everyone. It doesn't matter. We just love it when you reach out. Or maybe you lost your ring to a sneaky little bastard who just challenged you to a riddle game and you lost. Oh, fuck. Yeah. God damn those hobbitses. <laughs> you tell what movie I just watched yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love, love me those Hobbit movies. All right, Kyle. Uh, we got we to gotta talk about show news. Uh, the only thing we really got coming up uh, on the docket is the Chris Mamula interview. That should be uh, this coming week. Uh, yeah, last, uh, last bit of show news. Uh, we'll be guesting on... George Papazov's uh, podcast, Market Over, or Mind Over Markets. Uh, I don't have a date yet. We're hoping to record that uh, this coming week. But uh, once we get more information on that, we'll make sure to share that with you guys. Yes. Uh, it'll be my first time guesting on another podcast, so I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, it's going to be it's gonna be a blast. It's yeah. going to be a blast. Yep, I already looked at his show notes, too, and I'm already trying to... like. I want the conversation to be organic, but at the same time, like I'm already like going through my head like the actual conversations that we're going to have. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be... Oh, I'm so excited for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be for sure posting links to yes. that when it comes out. What's going on with this bet that we make? I think uh, I've taken my rightful place at the back of the pack. Yeah, everyone knows that I like to let everyone have a good lead before mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, roaring into uh, the lead at the end. Yeah, yeah, that's your style. Everyone likes to come from behind. Yeah, you like uh, to be the underdog. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I went with Neo. Uh, opened at forty nine forty and stopped out the next day at forty eight. Started out really strong and then. Did not after that. <laughs> really glad I placed the stop loss where I did because I think it finished the week around forty five. Uh, took my bet total down fifteen bucks. I'm now at like four eighty five eighty three. That's like delicious music to my ears, Kyle. It's better than being at four twenty after the first week. Oh yeah, which had been my strategy for the past few was- months. <laughs> yeah, start big, start big. Oh uh, well, I picked Adobe A D B E. Mm-hmm. Start. Opened up the week at uh, what was it five ninety five eighty seven, and it closed the week at six oh oh four fifty. Not bad, not bad. Which 
brings my total up to a staggering $507.24. <laughs> Random had Wells... Uh, not, I keep wanting to call it Wells Fargo. Uh, WD40, WDFC, opened the week at 256 mm-hmm. had earnings in the middle of its week, peaked yes, at two, just under 280 before it crashed right back down to finish a dollar under at 255.03. Beautiful. So Random uh, is now sitting at a solid $498.12. All right. See, see, as is tradition, I I made money and you and the Random lost money. That's the way the bet's supposed to go when I run through it in my head. Uh, Like, yeah, yeah, that's... We do have some more bet stuff to go through. But first, I want to hit the poll results. Uh, We asked last week, you know, what the price you would be willing to pay to fly to space. Yes. Uh, That's kind of surprising. Uh, About 25% was less than 1,000. Nobody in the 1K to 10K range, which is, I think, where I would have fallen if I was allowed to vote. Mm -hmm. Uh, The 10 to 50K was 33%, and then the over 100K was 42%. Whoa. Yeah, I don't know if... Maybe our listeners are a lot more well-off than we thought. (laughs) 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 What's going on in your, your new book that you can't put down? Oh, yeah. Okay. You, do you, you want weekly updates? You don't want me to do well, one big report? I think as long as you're still reading it, you might as well give us a little bit of a heads up of what's going on. Okay, so the book that I have to read because I lost the bet, if you missed the month in review, my consequences, uh, I have to read and report on Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret by Judy Bloom, a book I have never read and have never intended to read. And now here I am. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So chapter one started with a prayer to God. Bad sign for me. Mm. I'm already, it's already off on the wrong foot. Like I'm already like, oh God, I have, I don't, I don't give two shits about this religious little girl. I mean, not religious, but this spiritual little girl talking to God. Anyway. She's a young sixth grader. Uh, She's just moved from New York to New Jersey. As soon as I read that, I started crossing my fingers, hoping maybe this was like Snooky's childhood diary. (laughs) Uh, It does not appear to be the case. She goes out of her way to mention her armpits don't smell yet, but adults' armpits do. So I felt like that was implying that adults were dirty. Um, She's mad because she wasn't consulted about moving to New Jersey. Uh, her mom said Long Island is too social, which I don't even know what that means. Like, my mom's from Long Island, and uh, I was offended by that comment. Like, they're too good to move to Long Island because it's too social. Like, have you ever been there? Hates people. It's like, I don't. Most of the time, the, the only social interactions you get there is people yelling at you. Oh, on Long Island? Uh, that's that was my experience. <laughs> people are a lot more friendly in Boston. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I, I started calling her Marge in my notes because Margaret's too long to type. <laughs> so uh, Marge suspects that her grandmother's influence on her is one of the reasons why they moved. Her grandmother paid for her private school and would send her to summer camp, and she felt like uh, her parents were uh, didn't, didn't like her grandmother's influence. That's one of the reasons they moved. Grandma's a 60-year-old who knits her sweaters. Oh, Jesus, Dan, if I wanted to read the book, I would have read it. I just... Uh... Cliff, well, cliff notes, you buddy. asked cliff me to notes. report on the... I am giving you the cliff notes. Uh, grandma's always asking her if she has a Jewish boyfriend. Oh. So, so nice. we've already got that in the book. She's 12. Uh, so my summary was, a young girl and every, everything in her life has changed. Home, school, friends, body, even grandma won't be in her life as much anymore. Aw, that's sad. Yeah. 
Uh-oh. Let's see why she's praying. In chapter two, she meets the neighbor girl named Nancy. They they go run in the sprinklers together, and she has to borrow Nancy's swimsuit because mm. hers is still packed. And Nancy watches her change, which I thought was like this. This book is taking a weird turn, and <laughs> and comments on how flat chested she is. Ah, and yeah, yeah, Nancy's and a then. Bitch. Uh, Nancy is a bitch. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's like, you're flat chested, but my boobs are already growing, and I'm going to be a Playboy model soon. And and Mar- Marge thinks to herself, like, I've read my dad's Playboys. You're full of shit. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's a weird. I didn't make that up. It's a weird book. Uh, yeah. Right. This is a weird book. I'm not enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> All right. They. All right. they Nancy a- shows her how to p- kiss on a pillow. That's Can't wait to talk, wear makeup. <laughs> oh, delicious. Yeah, they play in the sprinklers, and Nancy's older brother shows up. And, and this, this is just so many things about this book just feel so weird and wrong. Kyle, they're in swimming suits, they're playing in the sprinklers. You know what her brother does to get her so mad to run off to tell her mom? What? He, he turns the sprinkler up so she gets more wet. She gets too wet. So she runs off to tell her mom. I think Evan turned the sprinkler up, so I got too wet. I was like, "You're already fucking running under the goddamn sprinkler. Why are you goddamn crying about your brother like turning up the water pressure?" Ah, it's just dumb. <laughs> just dumb, dumb, dumb. Uh, okay. Uh, goddamn. Sixteen minutes in. My Jersey Shore yeah. updates weren't that long, were they? Yeah, they were. Oh Jesus! All right. Uh, that must have been torturous for you. I'll sum it up by saying Marge feels shame and embarrassment for just about everything. As she should. Literally, as she should, yeah, right? Uh, I keep hoping for some aliens or like a witch to show up and make this some sort of fantasy novel. Doubt it's happening. Uh, maybe even, I would I would love human traffickers to show up, kidnap her, and her dad goes all Liam Neeson on him. That would, that would be very satisfying. What's, but, what's more likely, I think, is that her parents are going to get divorced and blame her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's all you, Marge. If you'd grown into a woman sooner, your parents wouldn't have gotten divorced. <laughs> uh, can we please get some news going? That's it. That, yeah, that's 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 all I've read so far, Kyle. All right. That's all I've read so far. Shame on me for asking. <laughs> yeah, you're acting like I'm doing this to the show. This is this is you. <laughs> oh God, I don't know how many listeners we just lost. Every single one tuned out. Let's talk about some news. <laughs> God damn. Yes, please. Where we all know why we're listening today The sharpest person with the week to replay So sit back, we got some market affairs Get some stories for the fools and the bears Clowns running companies Laws change overnight, here we are It's time for China Shop News Yeah now, it's time for China Shop News Oh, all right, Kyle. What do you got for us? Uh, I think the biggest uh, story of the week was Biden's executive order targeting big tech firms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, specifically the uh, the data collection and anti-competition practices where the big tech firms basically buying up smaller companies. Yeah. Uh, like spe- uh, I think like Facebook was scrutinized for like the Instagram and WhatsApp purchases they made over the last decade. I don't know. Uh, I'm really happy to see this, but I'm not holding my breath that anything's going to come out of it. I would love to see the focus on the personal information that they're gathering. Like, I want to see that come under a microscope and be limited severely. Yeah. 
Like you remember I used to work for the, the data center commissioning firm. I did that for two years and I just felt gross every time I was going back to work looking at the fucking servers that they have in these warehouses, knowing that that's all that that data is for is just tracking everything about you. Uh, the thing, one of the things that gets under my skin is like I bought an Oculus after playing with yours and I was like, oh, this thing is amazing. I love this VR game. Oh, yeah. Then the Facebook uh, requiring a login in order to play. Yes. Yeah. And then, yeah, because yeah. Facebook owns Oculus. They're like, oh, you like our Oculus product? Well, now you have to be a Facebook user to use our Oculus product. Ugh. And, and, and if you recall, uh, Jen got, was posting Bernie Mittens photos and Facebook deleted her account. Oh, I thought it was for her socks and chickens. Uh, well, yeah. So, so she was doing <laughs> Mittens photos. She had, uh, she was posting socks and she was posting chicken photos. And yeah, that was the, the, we, they. They never gave her a reason. They're just. I think it was their AI did it, and they didn't want to like fess up that they were having AIs banning people. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, but anyway, that that meant that means like she can't use her Oculus anymore. All those games she bought. Oh what? Oh that's bullshit. Yeah, she opened a she opened a a case file with them, yeah. and and they were like, "Yep, sorry, you're done." Yeah. So like, oh, I want them to fucking bust Facebook big. Yeah. I'm like, you take those fuckers down. They're evil. They're they're making it so you have to do everything they tell you to do to enjoy any goddamn product. So I'm selling my Oculus. You know I'm not using it anymore. I'm gonna either go PlayStation or something else. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck big tech. <laughs> wow. There's one other bit in these uh, this the executive orders here, and that was that uh, they're encouraging the FCC to readopt net neutrality again. Oof, which thank God. Yeah, please, please do that. <laughs> yeah. What was what was the 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 analogy we finally landed on that? It was the best way to describe net neutrality. It's like driving on a toll road and then not being able, allowed onto the road because you drive a Ford and Ford didn't pay the toll also. That's the way it is now. It wasn't like that. In 2017, they, they, they revoked net neutrality and it turned back into like, yep, sorry, your internet's slow because Netflix didn't pay us. Right. I know you're paying us to, to get 60 megabytes a second download, but... We're not giving it to you because the people sending it, they didn't pay their end of the deal. It's like, no, no, yeah. fuck that. I'm paying for that speed. You give me that speed. It doesn't matter which site I go on. I think the bottom line is the internet needs to be treated like a public utility because at this point, that's what it is. It's what it's become. Yeah, exactly. If a fucking cell phone is a public utility, then guess what? Internet is too. You know how hard it is to, to live a life in America or any major industrial nation without being on the internet? It's almost impossible at this point. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, you could do it, but you'd basically be at a cabin in Montana. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. And I don't worry about offending any listeners, because uh, they wouldn't be listening to this show if they weren't on the internet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck those Luddites All right, what else? not listening to our show. <laughs> well, what do you got? Uh, I I came across uh, something I thought was... Oh, wait a minute, sorry. There, there's a poll yeah. question that I thought should go with that. Oh. Yeah, we got a poll question for that. Yeah, I was going to say, which worries you more? Like, uh, the two main things that are targeting the, the anti-competition or the hoarding of consumer data, like, which of those two would you prefer to see them focus on? You know, the older I get, the less I care about my data. Really? Yeah. Mm. I don't know, that feels just so personal to me. I know that's not the popular opinion. The, f the fact is that it's mine, and they're taking it without my consent, and there's nothing I can do about it. That's what's infuriating about it to me. Well, you can always buy a cabin in Montana. I know. I'm not too far from that. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, Dan, what's your story before I cut you off again? Now, I came across an interesting one, and I don't know what this is a harbinger of, but I feel like it's meaningful. Uh, Wells Fargo is closing all of their personal lines of credit. Huh? So when you go to your bank and you get, like, the the overdraft protection oh. revolving line of credit, uh, oh, it's, it, they also, you, you can use it to like consolidate your credit cards. Right. You know, uh, I've, I've got one in my credit union, uh, honestly. Um, but uh, yeah, they just announced that they're ending all of them. Uh, so this is going to fuck up a lot of people's credit score. As you know, when you close open credit line, especially with that existing debt, they're going to roll it all over into just basic loans that, is that you can't, huh. that, you can only pay on and you can't tap into. That's so yeah. Everybody, if you're if you're banking at Wells Fargo and you got a personal line of credit, your your credit score is about to take a dive. Well, you're about to lose your line of credit. Is what it sounds like. That's more of a concern. Yeah, at this yeah. Point. <laughs> they're turn they're turning it into a loan, so you still have to pay on it. You know, you still owe that money, but yeah, you can't access it anymore. Wonder why they're getting out of that business. Are they just not good at screening? Their their statement is. As we simplify our product offerings, we made the decision last year to no longer offer personal lines of credit as we feel we can better meet the need, the borrowing needs of our customers through credit card and personal loan product. It sounds like they, they want to shoot you over to something with a higher interest rate. Uh, I gotcha. That, okay. I don't understand that one, so I'm not going to comment. <laughs> yeah. Well, keep in mind, this is the bank that in February 2020 agreed to pay a $3 billion settlement to the SEC and Justice Department uh, because they were, I don't know if you remember, they were opening fake accounts under their customers' names uh, and charging them fees. That's right. Hey, aren't they on your pick'em? Wasn't they one of your pick'em list uh, picks? Wells Fargo? Yeah. I don't, I don't recall that. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I just updated it the other day. Maybe it's time to pull them off. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, when did I pick Wells Fargo? That was a few months ago. Oh well, this was before <laughs> before this. No, um, well that's a, you know fundamental versus technical analysis, right? You know, the stock stocks banks have been doing good. Sorry. <laughs> Wonder if it's good for their stock, right? Uh, did you see the news story about the German car makers getting fined for oh, holding back development yeah. of tech to reduce emissions? Yeah. uh, Volkswagen and BMW were both fined about a billion dollars for running what they call a quote, uh, an emissions cartel. A cartel. Yeah, Volkswagen and BMW were fined for colluding with Daimler to hold back the development of technology. Daimler. Daimler to hold back the development of technology that could have been used to reduce harmful emissions from their vehicles. Um, This is really disappointing for me. Like, I thought uh, the Germans, like, value innovation and, like, being cutting edge. And to see that they were at the center of this. Uh, Volkswagen doesn't surprise me, I guess, right? Because they, they've done some really shady things in the past that they've gotten caught for doing. <laughs> uh, this is not the kind of thing I expect from out of the Germans. You know, oh. invading France yeah. or, or <laughs> those or kinds Poland. of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they, yeah, that, uh, yeah I understand that. But yeah, <laughs> making your cars worse on purpose, <laughs> uh, that doesn't strike me as the MO of the German people. <laughs> I think your German roots have you a little biased there, but uh, maybe a little bit. You did mention the invasion, so yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I do agree. It, it felt like, uh, uh, he, you know, growing up in my my experience and the way the way I was raised, like I did always have this view of like German business efficiency mm-hmm. and uh, 
and and didn't ever really connect that to like shady shit. But hey, they're human too. Guess what? I know, right? Greed is universal. Well, here's here's what I'm guessing. <laughs> the the thing was, I'm guessing it's less to do with money and more to do with making sure they can easily clear the emission standards as they go up. Uh, if that makes sense. Yes. Like if you're banking technology that can make it better, but not using it yet, uh, you're just waiting for the emission standards to go to get stricter and then you can pull it out of the bank and then use it. Yes. Yes. That was one of the interesting things in the article to me was the, the, even though they're getting fined, the EU was like, look, we know all their cars meet our standards. It's just that they're sitting on technology and could be making it better. Right. And so we're finding them for not making it better now. Because uh, the whole point is to, you know, do everything you can, but, you know, obviously not to the cartel in the boardroom. The point was to, as long as we're meeting the legal requirement, mm-hmm. I think you, I think you put the nail, you hit the nail on the head. Like they're, they're one of, they want to scale it and phase it uh, with the changes in the law and not just go all out because it's expensive. Well, yeah, if you've already got stuff in the bank, then you don't have to spend as much money on R&D in that area. You can focus it on other areas to try to improve other things with your cars, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. you don't have to pony up the money to change all your stuff right away. The other funny thing was the point that you brought up on the Discord uh, was that Daimler uh, Daimler was the snitch, so they didn't get fined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bastards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sneaky, like the, sneaky the, bastards. Like, oh, hey, EU... We've been uh, we've been we've been doing all this shit, so we thought you should know. We shouldn't get in trouble because we told you. Yeah, this is- I just wonder how you bring that up. Hey, I know some shit about some stuff people are doing, but I don't want to get in trouble. Well, what'd you do? Well, tell me I don't have to get in trouble first. <laughs> well, I can't tell you that until I know what you did. Well, I can't tell you until I know I'm not getting in trouble. So anyway, yeah, so Daimler snitches. Uh, what was it? Uh, snitches get riches? Yeah, no, that's not how it's supposed to work. That, that, that's, uh, that should be the title of this episode. What, what cars do they make? I don't even I think I'm familiar with them. Daimler Chrysler. Oh, Chrysler. Okay, Di- okay. You got any other stories? China has just cut its reserve requirements for its banks. Uh, I did see that. They're also like liquidating their stockpiles of all the like precious metals and other shit they've been hoarding for years, haven't they? Yeah, the raw materials. Yeah, what's going on there? What are they do? What are they up to? Well, I think they're selling it off uh, uh, because inflation has put the price up internationally. That's just that's just my personal like. Well, maybe maybe this will be why. They, it doesn't seem. I mean, I don't know. It seems like maybe they might be in having some harder troubles. That and that's 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 the speculation. Uh, I, I read two different articles about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one on Barron's, the commentary was from an economist who was saying the the intention is to cut he- of the cut is to help banks with their capital and liquidity uh, to to lower their costs so they can lend more. Mm-hmm. And, and and the the speculation is that the banks are under stress, implying that they have been issuing bad loans. Right. They, you know, China has been going after like the fintechs, and so I guess some other people are speculating it could be uh, to help banks move in to fill that gap and and do more micro loans now that since they're oh, okay. house. Yeah, they've been going after a lot of their like any company they get. There's like too big to stand is. <laughs> like the chinese motto yeah right right they don't want any company getting too big i mean they went after baba i think they're going after baidu next uh yeah any large company in china i don't think you want to own any pieces of at this point yeah yeah i guess there was a uh 
there's a lot of medium term loans floating around and and so like lowering the liquidity requirements will help mm-hmm. banks pay down their own loans which i don't know how how the chinese banking system works um this is why you've got specialists who study just just specific countries um isn't that what fucking got jack ma in trouble calling the <laughs> banking system or the financial system like uh basically i don't know good fellows on steroids yeah yeah he he did Ooh, yeah and he disappeared for a while yeah. and then came back was like no i'm fine china's great i'm as i'm doing as great as the chinese banking system <laughs> jesus there's been no re-education yeah uh i guess so i guess demand remains weak in china consumer demand inflation is uh short of the government's target i don't know why the, they're they want inflation at three percent over there i don't know but their economy is still expected to grow more than eight percent this year yeah uh beating beating their government targets so there's probably not going to be any big pressure to step up easing in in china and that would be the end of uh that story as, as i see it okay keep an eye on china that's the way dan heard it <laughs> that's, that's the way it is. Um, I had one other story that I wanted to get through, but then I just remembered something else that I feel like we need to mention. Oh, what's that? And I'm trying to look up a story on it real quick here to make sure I can talk like I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, stock markets were hitting all-time highs this week, right? Yes, yes. And I think I saw something. Okay, the breadth of the market is in like the narrowest it's been since 99 when it hit a record. Ooh. Uh, that means the lowest percentage Uh-oh. of stocks above their 50 day moving average is like the lowest. It's almost the lowest it's ever been. I mean, it's below 50%. So what that means is like, there's a lot of concentration on like the, it, the stock market's really top heavy. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, right. Which means if the big, big cap names start to fall, the whole market is going huge down. Yeah, and I think the uh, average. I think the headline here of the story I did find. I'll make sure I save this so I can post it. It's making stocks even more prone to collapse. Mm. Yeah, so you look at one indicator, and there's five companies that are basically dragging it. Like the Nasdaq this is pretty much owned by Fang, but you know oh, more yeah, than fifty yeah. percent of the rest of the stocks are below their fifty-day moving average. That's <laughs> not a good sign. Uh, one of the reasons I'm glad we're learning the trade pro stuff is because if you're a trader non-investor you trade it with going up you trade it going down okay you're making money yeah yeah I think, but, so uh, inve- investors beware <laughs> we go if we if we turn bear you're in for a scare oh god sorry so i'll stop rhyming <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay yes please do <laughs> <laughs> all right the last uh thing i wanted to briefly mention is uh melvin capital's down about 50 percent in the first half Ooh. of 21 Wow. Wow. So yeah, they have not managed to recover from the big hit they were taking. I think it even got to the point now where they've pretty much gotten rid of every short position, like including their puts and uh yeah, all of its public bear oh, okay, wait a minute. Said in May it closed all of its public bearish bets in the fourth quarter. This included its listed put options on GameStop. Let's see, in June, London based White Scare Capital shutting down after suffering huge losses. Uh, okay, it's just a little headline. It's not really much. Yeah, it's funny that they say they're public bets. Yeah. As we learned with hedge funds, uh, I can't remember if this was from talking to George or somebody else, because they have to make money above a certain threshold in order to even like start collecting fees. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most likely thing that happens when a hedge fund is that far underwater is that they just close the doors and then open up a new hedge fund with a different name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm guessing Melvin Capital is probably not going to be around too much longer. Right. Well, and they've got a target on their back. Mm-hmm. You know, like can there's so many hedge funds. How many can you name? I can't name a bunch. No, but I know Melvin Capital. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> 
they've got to rebrand yeah. to survive. <laughs> uh, you think, hey, Kyle, do you think uh, it would be appropriate for us to send Melvin Capital a link to the, the George Papazov Mind Over Markets episode of When to Stop Trading? <laughs> when you're down 50% of everybody else's money? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe you should you should just stop. Yeah, oof, I don't know if I lose fifty percent. Who's in charge of the risk management there? Right, right. <laughs> well, whoever they were, they don't work there anymore. Yeah, I don't think so. Right. <laughs> oh, I, I it's interesting because I was on Reddit reading through, and somebody had posted a question like, "Why should I do my own due diligence and deep dives when I can just can I just watch hedge funds and smarter people and just follow their trades like?" Why is that a bad strategy? Everybody else is doing that. Uh, unless you get in on them before they do their moves. Like, their moves move markets, too. Right. And and how you don't know what moves they did until they report it. Yes. that's uh, Exactly. That's my point. Like, what, what, then you're always behind. You're always behind buying after them. So you're buying higher than them. Selling after them. So you're probably selling lower than them like you can't it's like the jim kramer's buy recommendations if somebody went back through and calculated all of his different recommendations like on the one day like they had huge gains like on the weeks following like the one month period it were like all hugely negative and then mm-hmm. over the course of like the life they were all most of them were up but basically just saying the stock market goes up but yeah, yeah, when everybody gets the information at the same time and they all buy eh, you don't have an edge in fact you should be doing yeah, the opposite exactly. at that point <laughs> Exactly. And what if you're following a hedge fund like Melvin Capital that was doing really just fine until that uh, this whole debacle with <laughs> shorting GME and getting a target on their backs, and then boom. I don't know how likely <laughs> it is all- you can follow it. Like you said, there's such a delay in what they report, yeah. and they're not even required to report everything, especially when it comes to their short positions. Yeah. In fact, the only reason there would be two publicly, uh, you know, publish your short positions would be to try to get other people to short it and help your position out too. Yeah, or other people to abandon their position yeah, and sell. Get out of their lawns. Yeah. selling pressure. Yes, it's all so dirty. I <laughs> responded to the poster like, it sounds like you should just be investing in ETFs. Like, <laughs> like, like if you want someone else to do make those decisions, yeah. that's what ETFs are for. <laughs> Here's a link to Kathy Wood. <laughs> all right, well, let's, uh, let's get through some sponsors. Well, folks, just to let you know, friendly little reminder... Two Bulls in a China Shop is brought to you by the infamous Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor focusing on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience and has helped thousands of homeowners, whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even reverse mortgages. And and I have a good, good word that that experience of hers grows by the day. She's only getting more experience at this, so call her up. <laughs> she's licensed in 26 states and growing reach out and see what sue can do for you best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or you can send her an email spullen at fairwaymc.com that's s-p-u-l-l-e-n at fairwaymc.com fairway independent mortgage has an mls number of 2289 sue pullen has an mls number of 206048 that email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com and that phone number is 520-977-7904 Reach out to Sue for all your mortgage needs. Nice. And we also are affiliates of the Trade Pro Academy, the best place I've ever come across to teach you the technical analysis skills you need 
to successfully trade the market. Kyle and I both both tearing through it. I just finished the foundations course. It's super super worthwhile stuff. Yeah. And even yeah. if you already have a successful trading strategy, learning this stuff will just make that strategy better. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. Uh, that affiliate link uh, will be in the episode description. Uh, as we said, uh, we do get a commission if you make any purchases through that link. So it's a great way to help support the show and improve your knowledge as a trader. Absolutely. All right. Speaking of songs. Just put those stock tickers on the list. Go through the charts so nothing gets missed. Today's trades, they could all turn to gold. I'm playing stocks till I'm out of the hole. I wanted to start this off by talking about uh, Cellsci. Okay. Um, I posted the link to the uh, corporate letter to the shareholders that went through and kind of talked about some of the confusion that was related to their phase three study. Um, as you, well, mm-hmm. everyone should know by now, the stock just took a massive nosedive after that study <laughs> was sent out. And this letter goes through and kind of clears up how that phase three study was designed. And it was specifically designed with two treatment arms. Uh, that that was pre-specified in the protocol and it was done before the unblinding of the data. So the two treatment arms were one with chemo uh, as part of the SOC, the standard of care, and the one without, where it's just radiation therapy and the normal other stuff that they do. Um, the one with chemo obviously failed to show any significant benefit. Uh, there was no like adverse effects. But, you know, mm-hmm. as we've said before, something that's designed to boost your immune system, uh, yeah, of course, it's not going to play well with chemo. But there yeah. was definite significant increase in long-term survivability of the other segment of that. And so there's very, very good chance that this thing is going to get FDA approval and make it to market. Yes. So yeah, reading through that letter, I've gotten, I'm at the point now, I've been watching the stock. It's finally started to bottom out and started to show some strength. I think it, it bottomed out around $7 and kind of held eight mm-hmm. pretty well. And now it's running up and starting to push nine again. So I'll be looking to add to that position here in the next week or two. Yeah, likewise. I mean, I'm holding some shares that uh, I I got in with an average price in the, the high 20s, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to cost average down when... Well, I'm, I should probably look at the chart. Yeah, as it's going up with some strong green candles, and it shows that turnaround. Like uh, you said, we've already yeah. got the support. It's already turned. It's time to time to it's add. It's definitely holding holding around that eight to nine range, pretty pretty solidly. Uh, yeah, the only thing that can take it down now is if they don't get that FDA approval, which is still a risk. But I mean, it's a pretty. Significant. How long do, do we know how long that usually takes? I think you'll probably see a pop once they apply for it, once they announce that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm, I have no idea how long it actually take. I did reach out to Gear to try to get him on our show. I know he's done interviews with David Modell, one of our previous guests, so there is a chance we might be able to get him. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep trying to reach out and try to set something up there. Oh, that'd be so uh, cool. That'd be awesome oh, if we can get him be on. So, yeah. so great. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah, I reached out to them on yeah. Twitter and on uh, their company uh, website. So slick. See if we can't. All right. See if we can't get them on. Um, so that's CVM. Uh, I did have a couple other moves that failed <laughs> horribly when the market sold off on Thursday, basically, or actually leading yeah. up to that sell off. There's a Neo and uh, Sonos, and I use risk management. I set my levels. I said, okay, this is my entry point towards the bottom end of the range it was trading in, and then I set my stops below the the, the next low uh, that was in that 
to find range. Uh, both of those did end up stopping out, but because I had used good risk management strategy, like the hit to myself was minimal, even though I bought a significant amount of shares. Yeah, good. So yeah, that one kind of hurt. Uh, I probably could have cut it sooner when it looked like it was turning, but I decided to just let it go. So yeah, I could have done a little bit better and saved myself a little bit extra, but uh, I want to see how it worked. Uh, I also had Bed Bath & Beyond uh, that I was set to buy shares. I was set to buy shares at 28 with a stop uh, just below 27 or right around 27. And then I saw a pre-market on Thursday morning where like everything was down like 10%, it felt like. <laughs> and I immediately canceled that order, which sucks because now it's uh, the stock is pushing 30 again. So I was really kicking myself for that. But it's hard because, you know, you shouldn't... I made the decision based on how risky everything looked at that point, right? Yeah. Like, I didn't have the information that the stock was going to go up, so why am I upset at myself for valuing, uh, you know, maintaining capital over the potential reward, which at that point, the reward looked very unlikely. I have a hard time reading pre-market, like, what it's doing. It's like, um, what is this? How's this going to change? How's this going to affect when the bell rings? Like, ugh. Well, I think what happened with, I don't remember, uh, that might have been the next day. When was that executive order signed? Was that on Thursday or on Friday? Uh, I don't remember. I think it was on Friday. It was posted July 9th. Yeah, it was on Friday. Okay. So, no, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there, but when I see a sell-off that's that significant, uh, I tend to give it more weight than you know smaller percentages one way or the other. Uh, also depends, too, on the volume. Yeah. Like, you know, small volume can move the market quite a bit until it opens up and all the volume really comes in because not a lot of people trade pre and post market. Mm -hmm. But if you see a lot of volume and a lot of red, yeah, then I get a little scared. I give it a lot more weight at that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Did you do anything Uh, with uh, stocks or investing? I did. I made some options plays this week. Options, you say? You got to know when to hold them. Feel like I need to hear that song a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> I did real good on on a AMC call. I had sold a forty dollar call on uh last friday mm-hmm. it sold sold it for 10 bought it back for a dollar nine. Oh wow so yeah, you did really well that, on that 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 i timed that one perfectly um and then i did not time selling the next one i, I timed it as about as poorly as, <laughs> as you could i expected it to still drop and it did it immediately like I mean, I, I I timed the the end of the drop for that forty dollar call really well. Mm-hmm. You know, I sold it when it was around forty. I, I I should say I sold the call around fifty, bought it back around forty, and then it it, it dipped and it was sitting sitting around forty. I was like, okay, no, it, this is this support isn't holding, and I was wrong. It did hold. So yep. I sold another. I sold a thirty five dollar call at seven dollars and fifteen cents, and then immediately watched it go up to like. Fourteen dollars. Are you still holding it, or did you? Uh... Uh, I've got it through July sixteenth, so I'm gonna hold hold it through next week and see what happens. I think there's a but, lot of uh, weakness predicted for this week and next week, uh, based on the BAM models that we both have subscriptions to. Uh, he's calling yeah, for yeah. a new. He's calling for the July lows to either be this week or next week. Yeah, yeah. So, and and I'm not worried because 
the worst thing that happens is I get those shares called away, mm-hmm. and they're they're you know I I sell them for forty two dollars a share, and guess what? I bought them at around thirteen or fourteen. So right, um, um I <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> Still making money on the deal. I did close out my Dr Pepper July sixteenth calls. Uh, Dr Pepper just can't seem to to get get its stock price up and stay up it's just still consolidating mm-hmm. at its new level uh so i sold out of those took took a little bit of a loss but not as bad as i would if i just stubbornly held them forever <laughs> and and i made uh two other bad options moves uh one i was looking at the neo hourly chart and i thought it was the daily and i bought some puts I saw you when you posted those puts, and I was like, what is he thinking? <laughs> what the fuck is he thinking? Yeah. You know, that was a good question. Yeah. It was what the fuck. Uh, uh, so I I bought those at $1.25, sold them for $0.54. Cents. Ouch. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then I tried to do a lotto ticket on Ford on on Friday, and uh, when, the, when the price was at 14 45. I was like, it's got another ten cents. I'm gonna buy these fourteen dollar fifty cent calls expiring today for a nickel apiece. That that was incorrect. What did you sell those for? I ended up selling most of them at three cents a piece. Oh, okay. And uh, I had a few expire worthless because I was like, I don't know what it's gonna do. And you know, it could it could jump another ten cents. You know, right in the last few minutes of you know the market. I kind of still like the way Ford looks if you look at its chart. Well, Jim Cramer just said it was a buy. Oh, well, it'll be a buy for a day then. <laughs> Actually, no, wait a minute. Uh, that, no, uh, it's still in its flag pattern, uh, but it's also getting towards the top of the the channel it's been trading in. So, yeah, it's it might have a little bit more to fall again if it doesn't pop out of that channel here soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Uh what did you do in options that you didn't talk I about? I had a stuff? lot of options stuff. Well, actually, not as much as before. Um, more, more, you you have more options than an egg in a cookbook. Uh, oh no, I should be the judge of that. Uh, VST, I think. Did you have a position on that still, or did you sell yours out? Yeah, no, I still have them. Okay, yeah, those uh, I sold four fifths of those. They're eight twenty. Uh, op- expiration twenty dollars strike calls it. I sold four fifths of those at sixty five cents, uh, which I think I bought right around forty ish. Mm-hmm. So that trade is now profitable. I've got the last fifth to run t- to see what actually happens with it. There's no more risk in that trade, so that's kind of the point you want to try to get to. You want to buy stuff when you can sell off a big portion of it, make the trade paid for, and then you can just let it run, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Take the risk out. That's that's the right way to gamble, yeah. So I felt really happy with the way that one worked out. Uh, I did a little day trading on Tesla again. I kept it real small. It was the one trade I tried to... I think I did two, actually. I tried to do one with AMC that uh, closed for like a three-second gain. Uh, but the Tesla ones, I bought seven, nine calls, uh, 650 strike price at $3.60. About two of them, and I sold one at $4 and another at four fifty. dollars I could have made a lot more if I would have held it longer, but I was watching the way the theta was like burning on that because it was, I think this was on the 8th that I did this trade. And uh, yeah, I decided to exit out and be content with smaller gain. Nice. Which is one of the things I need to work on anyway. I need to be need to be happier with the smaller gains. So if I can't, I could can fake it till I can make it, right? <laughs> Just keep doing it until I am happy with it. <laughs> uh, let's see. I made another bet on Saber. 
betting on it rallying over $12. Uh, they're expired next week. Their $12 calls, I bought it 40 cents. Um, it was showing some good movement initially when I bought them. Then it got hit pretty hard in that sell-off. Uh, but it's recovered nicely on Friday, so we'll see how that runs over the next week. Uh, again, that one was a real small bet because they were so cheap. Uh, I was able to buy it pretty decent amount and keep that two to three hundred dollar max risk on the table looking at their daily chart right now it it does like i i want i'm gonna move into saber on monday yeah and you probably get them cheaper than i did (laughs) holy shit well it just the the candle patterns itself Mm -hmm. looks looks like a morning morning star yeah uh and the that green volume from friday is almost double the average so yep that's that's that right there we got volume confirmation we got a candle chart pattern confirmation it looks like the s1 pivot point monthly pivot point was held a pretty nice support the only worrying thing is that uh it's really close to its 200 day moving average so i guess the question will be whether or not it can jump that because uh Yeah. yeah on the 8th it fell below and then rebounded up to close really close to it but still not over it it's got to get over about 12 10 i think to cross that okay well we're watching for a move to go over 12 10 with some good volume yes sir all right uh then the rest of the stuff i did was all on space and amc uh with amc i just been as i started last week selling uh weekly calls uh close to the money i closed out all the ones that were expiring friday and sold a bunch more for next week they were mostly 50 dollar calls i was picking up between $2 and $3.50 a contract. The earlier in the week I was able to sell them, the more money I was making, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I have one more lot of shares to sell a call against, and I'm hoping that we see Dan's favorite Monday boost. Yeah, yeah, that paycheck boost. Yeah, then I'll sell another weekly on Monday if I can. Uh, with Virgin Galactic, though, and I had those three calls left over. I closed out the upper end of that spread for like $0.19. Cents. And Thursday, I had a shot to, I mean, I could have closed it out and almost doubled my money on it, and I was stupidly holding out for the next day, Mm. thinking that the anticipation leading up to the test flight was going to cause it to keep going up. And I even had a point on uh, Friday morning where I still could have sold them at a profit, and then I ended up just kept on holding them stubbornly until I finally sold them for about a dollar, and my cost basis on that was 245 plus 19, so 264 a contract. However, the good news is on Thursday, I had one more lot of shares and I sold a $60 call on Thursday afternoon at $5.50 because of the uncertainty of that test flight. Yeah, I was fighting myself about whether or not to sell that and that finally clicked in my head like, what are you doing? You've got calls. If it keeps going up, then you're making money on the calls. If it goes down, you're making money on the one you just sold. Like, Don't overthink this. <laughs> you... <laughs> You're getting the best of it if you make this call right now. Uh, I ended right. Friday by buying another 100 shares at about just under $50 so I could sell another $50 call at $620. Uh, it was at that point when I realized like 500 shares of Converging Galactic is a lot of risk to have tied up on one stock. So yeah, yeah now I'm anxiously awaiting this test flight because <laughs> I've got a lot on the line with it now. And yeah, my risk manager is, like you said, he. He threatened to quit this morning when he when I woke up with a cold sweat realizing what I had done. <laughs> and because all the shares are tied to contracts now, I can't ease I can't get out of them in pre market or it has to be during right. market hours and I have to get rid of the calls first before I can sell the shares out. Uh, yeah, I think that wraps up my week. I feel like I talked for a while there. Do you want to do your momentum list uh, and then I can do some earnings? So uh we we had a pretty interesting week. Uh I really liked 
the first couple days because Adobe was showing up with new 52-week guys. <laughs> that was my bet pick. Yep. I was like, woo! Intuit did hit their five days in a row before disappearing. Oh, they did that on the 6th. Adobe had three days in a row on the 7th. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Intuit hit six days in a row on the 7th before falling off. NVIDIA hit five days in a row on the 7th. Mm-hmm. But as we all know, the 8th on that Thursday, like you'd already talked about, like everything fell. So we we had a very short list on on Thursday. So Friday, the Friday survivors, Costco hit three days in a row. Mm. Uh, Invitation Homes hit four days in a row. Paychex Incorporated, P-A-Y-X, hit three days in a row. And UDR Incorporated, UDR, hit three days in a row. Okay. So. Any of those look enticing? I was looking at Invitation Homes, I-N-V-H. Mm-hmm. It's like fucking all-time highs. Nice. And it just finished the week. Every every day this week was big big green candles, huge volume. What's the uh, ticker on that for people who don't know? I N V H. It's it's uh it's between its R two R three pivots for the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's over all the moving averages. Like if I, I mean I hadn't been watching it, but I maybe should have because it had like a it had a strong thirty eight dollar resistance that it banged up against twice and it's just this week starting on the first and look at the volume with it too yeah that's a yeah 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 so invitation homes is uh, it's looking real real juicy Uh, double top too right before it broke over it (laughs) yep sure did sure did uh but it did it broke through and it broke through with volume so who knows how high this sucker's gonna go uh like a, like one of Vico's videos, he, he talks about like when something's at an all time high, everybody who bought it has made money. Yeah, like that's that's y- you know. So we don't know when it's going to stop. Yep. When, when people will say, "Okay, now's the point to sell." Yeah, exactly. Uh, as long as the volume keeps going up, though, that's a good sign. Yeah. Um. I mean, the, on Friday it did gap up and could be making a potential evening star, shooting star right. candle pattern. So, uh, if to, for me to, for me to get into this trade, I'm looking for it to, to do a pullback and find support at like a moving average or a pivot point, uh, or even a prior top like 38. Yeah. Uh, and then if it bounces off of that with any significant volume, then I'm, I'm going to make a move in. All right. Should we do some earnings? Yeah. Let's talk about some earnings. Can I have my song? I think this week justifies a song. Okay, here we go. My motto's always been when I'm right, it's right. So I'll wait and watch the charts and the change in price. When the movement's mostly finished at the end of the day. And we know the coming earnings gonna move it my way. Sky rockets in sight. Earnings call to light. Earnings call to light. All right. On Tuesday, we've got J.P. Morgan, Pepsi, Goldman Sachs, GS, uh, Fastenal, FAST, and OGI. I think OGI was confirmed, Mm -hmm. too, and double-check that. Uh, A lot of banks this week, uh, usually they're the ones that lead off the the big earnings runs. Uh, God damn it. No, that's not right. Usually they're the ones that kick off the seasons. Uh, 714, we've got Bank of America, Wells Fargo, uh, DAL, I think that's Delta Airlines. And then 7.15, we've got TSM, uh, semiconductors, Taiwan Semiconductor Materials. 
and MS, which is, I forgot, uh, Morgan Stanley, another bank. Yeah, a lot of banks this week coming up. And Morgan yep. Stanley's been looking pretty solid, too. Volume's decreasing, though. Might be time for a pullback. Anyway, yep, that wraps up earnings. Sweet. Not a whole lot. No, but it's going to really pick up next week. Once the banks start showing up, then you know it's going to come. All right, should we uh, should we talk about those crypto news segments? Sure. Let's do it. Okay, well, it's really just one big segment, and... Uh... Look at the news! What do you see? The cult of cryptocurrency. I know you're greedy! I know you need... You need that Bitcoin, either NFT... So there's a, uh, a a Bitcoin metric called the Puel multiple. A uh, guy guy named David Puel what? No came way. up with this metric. He's got the same name yeah. as his metric. It's a weird coincidence. Yeah, how do you? <laughs> weird coincidence. <laughs> Not very creative either. I might add. So what he started doing was tracking uh, the daily coin issuance mm-hmm. uh in 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 big in do- u.s dollars for bitcoin and he'll divide that by the 365 day moving average of the daily coin issuance mm-hmm. so what that what that's intended to do is to track how many people are actively mining today and compare it to the total of the average of the last over the last year Interesting. So he's looking at the scarcity of it, basically. Yeah, and he's using miner sentiment to predict price action because mm-hmm. if you're a Bitcoin miner, you have to pay your expenses for mining the Bitcoin. And how do you do that? By selling Bitcoin. Right. So the more that gets mined, the more sellers there are. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So he tracks this and he's got zones. And so when, when mining, the, how many coins are mined per day shoots up, it's a sell signal. Mm-hmm. And when it dips down real low, it's a buy signal. And he, he just had it dip into that green zone, into that buy signal. And, and that's, uh, that's what the, the article is discussing. But I, I had to actually load up and do a deep dive and find out what the fucking metric was. That's uh, pretty interesting. I mean, it looks like it's got some pretty good accuracy in the past, which, you know, if you're developing a new metric, yeah. it better have good accuracy in the past. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it, and, I mean, and it does make good sense. Yeah. So, yeah, based on based on his metric, you know, Bitcoin is a buy. The last time, on looking at the chart, the last time Bitcoin was in the green zone was, I want to say, the 12th of May. And the price of Bitcoin was oh, 12th of May, 2020. Mm-hmm. And the price of Bitcoin was $8,800. Yeah. Uh, that was the last time this this indicator flashed a buy signal. Yeah, it looks like it did pretty well that time, too. I think <laughs> Bitcoin's done pretty good. Uh, so the fact, the fact that it... I, oh, I can't, I can't manipulate this chart like I could if I was on a fucking stock chart. No. Uh, the, but the, the fact is, uh, yeah, 27th of June... It dipped down for for a day. Uh, the fact that it hit that green area at all is is to him like that's the buy sign. It just happened to hit at thirty one thousand four hundred ninety five. 
All right. Good stuff. What was the bit about Elon Musk? What's he uh what's he doing now? Oh god. Yeah, he's he's fucking pushing Dogecoin over Bitcoin. Again? You know, even even though, yeah, again, again, he says, Bitcoin and Ethereum are pursuing a, hold on, I'm going to do an Elon impression. Bitcoin and Ethereum are pursuing a multi-layer transaction system, but base layer transaction rate is slow and transaction cost is high. There is merit, in my opinion, to Doji maximizing base layer transaction rates and minimizing transaction costs with exchanges acting as the de facto secondary layer. That sounded pretty solid, but I didn't understand a word of it. <laughs> right. Again, anybody who discounts Ethereum, though, I have a hard time listening to or giving any credence to. Cause, like we talked about it, last week, it's like the backbone of so many other things. Right? It's it's becoming the common denominator in all cryptocurrencies. Right. Um, but he's saying the the base, yeah, he's saying it's too slow and it costs too much en- energy. Oh, so he's back on that again, the the greenness of it. Well, I'm I'm assuming the transaction cost he, he means by how much energy right is used. Uh, so there's so he's saying the, the the Doji base layer transaction rate and transaction costs are, are so much lower that it it'll. Uh, if that's really his concern, he should be all over Chia or one of those other ones that's the green coins, right? Uh, I I I think Alex was correct in describing Elon Musk as as a guy who's just playing around. And seeing what he can do with his tweets, like, <laughs> watch, you know, because you can see that wallet that buys the amount, right? I think I think he's just pumping and dumping and having fun time, seeing how many times he can pump and dump. <laughs> but I thought he didn't care about money. He's an engineer. Well, that's that's just it. Is it's not about the money for him. It's about the power of swaying people. I think he's addicted to it. Yeah, you know, I think he makes these tweets and he sees Doji go up and and he fucking it gives him a thrill. I would get the thrill if I could do that. Yeah, who wouldn't? That's power. It's real power. <laughs> oh, God, I don't think I can be trusted with that power. If this show ever gets too big, I'll have to turn over the tweeting to somebody else. <laughs> hey, can you tweet about uh, my bet pick? <laughs> but wait till after open on Monday. I would really, really, really like to find out what would happen if, if you had that kind of power. So let's let's make that let's make that all. Oh, God, I'd probably agenda. be in jail. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, I challenge you. To what? Slap iron, motherfucker. Oh, shit. <laughs> you got me. You got me. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't ready on that draw at all. Uh, nope. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, let's, let's hear your good. Uh, squeeze an extra Make money out of AMC and Virgin Galactic by selling those calls. I uh, feel like the, I mean, at this point, like all the shares I'm holding have been paid over like several times now at this point. So at least on AMC with Virgin Galactic still got some room to make up there. But I think at the end of, uh, after this test flight happens, and there may be one more catalyst that people are speculating on, uh, to do a little more research into that over this weekend. Probably should have done that before the show, before I mentioned it, but I don't remember exactly what it is or what it was about, so I'm just going to leave that as a teaser. <laughs> okay. What was your good? Um, my good was definitely buying back that AMC call I'd sold for $10 and buying it back at $1.90. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. Was, that was me timing it great, reading it great, and doing everything right. And uh, oh, I feel so good when that happens too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I because I learned if there's shares you want to hold and they're going down, sell the covered call. 
<laughs> it, you know, if you yeah. can place that covered call in the money, it absorbs all the losses of the stock going down. And then if you buy it back at the right price, boom, you, yeah. you didn't suffer the losses. It turns around and you just made that fucking money. Now, I'm bad at the timing on my own account. This This one was good. But, like, I've gotten, like, Jen has just 100 shares in AMC, and I've gotten her cost through through selling cover calls and buying them back. Mm-hmm. I've got her down to $4 a share. Nice. Yeah. Very and nice. she still has those shares, you yeah. know? So it's like, wow, this is this is a great way to, to use calls to play, play well, a volatile stock. That's the, yeah, the, the best part about selling calls, too, especially cover calls, if you're wrong, you just sell mm-hmm. your stock. If you're buying calls, right. trying to hope it goes up, if you're wrong, you lose all that premium and you lose a ton of value. But if you're if you're doing it the other way around, if you're selling them and then buying them back, either A, you get to buy them back cheaper and make a profit, or B, yep. you just sell your shares and okay. Yeah, yeah. Guess I just uh, forced myself to exit that position and I'll start selling puts then if I want to get back into it. I- exactly, exactly. And you don't need, you know, as long as you're negotiating and, and selling that call at a strike price that is a profit, mm-hmm. you can't lose. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of the basis of why I'm not working anymore. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so what was what was your bad? What was your bad? Uh, it was the BBBY non move that mm. I that I didn't make, and it's not the move itself wasn't bad, right? Per, the the past me, I guess you could say, that analyzed the conditions and decided, no, I don't really want to buy this anymore. I think he made the right decision. And anytime you're trying to protect capital, that's the right decision. The only thing that th- makes this bad is it leads to me questioning myself. Uh, it's not healthy to look back on, on something with mm-hmm. hindsight and then try to question your decisions. I don't want to find myself mm-hmm. in that situation again. I think if that scenario yeah. repeats itself multiple times, I'm probably saving money more than I'm making money in the long run. Yes. And if I start questioning that, then I start setting myself up to make the wrong decisions in those scenarios. So it's real mm-hmm. it's real tricky to try to take yourself out of that mindset. And I got to figure out a way to do that if I want to grow as a trader. Yeah. Uh, it's that is it's really really tough mm-hmm. how do you how do you not feel that regret i think of, you're gonna feel oh, it I just have to figure that out, yeah decision you just got to figure out a way to deal with it acknowledge it accept it and move on and yeah. that's the part yeah. i'm i'm working on or struggling with a little bit every time i pull the ticker up it just kicks me in the nuts <laughs> well i recommend to all my friends Hard liquor. Just take a shot uh, every time you think about it, and eventually you won't be thinking about it. I thought you were going to say, stop looking at the ticker. Oh, oh, no, that would be real advice. Yeah, but fortunately <laughs> I can't because I still have shares. I'm still selling cover calls on it, so I have to monitor it. <laughs> right, right. Anyway, well, what was your bad? Oh, my bad was not waiting for a- to watch and see if AMC found support before selling a call after I bought right. that other one back with such amazing timing. I literally. <laughs> Oh, I'm looking at the timestamps on Ameritrade right now. I literally sold it a minute later. So what's AMC uh, at right now? It's trading between like 45, 46. Yeah. What's your purchase price? Or what's the sell price basically you got for that cover call? Uh, the one I didn't time well? Yeah. What's the, what are you basically selling those shares at? Your premium plus the strike? Oh, I'd be selling them at $42.43. Uh, okay. So what is a $42 call or a $42 put? What's that trading for right now? Now that I would have to look up. Does I mean that's something you could always do, right? Oh, oh buy buy the put to No, sell the put. Sell the put to buy the shares. Oh if okay. if they get exercised, you've got one more week to buy those back that looks like the stock's gonna be experiencing more weakness. So if they end up exercising and you lose those shares when the stock gets low again, then sell an in the money put at that point 
and get paid to buy them back. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're wrong, you get them back at your pr- the same price you sold them at, so it's still break even for you if you're planning on holding those anyway, right? That's 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 true. I guess the yeah the one thing you have to be careful of is make sure that it doesn't fall below the call and your put, and then you end up with double the shares. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I honestly do think there's a chance it can it can sink well below forty this week. Oh yeah, I think so too. I think uh, that. 38 probably 36 low uh on the yeah. board yeah i sold the call at 35 expecting like it, that, that to be the support yeah what is your ugly uh, i got greedy on space <laughs> especially yeah. those calls i had multiple chances to sell those for a profit i kept waiting for more wanted more 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 i got less 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 that seems to be a common theme right so how many times am I going to get hit with that stick, as George would say, before I learn my lesson? <laughs> I think part of the problem, too, was being red on a few other calls and then thinking, like, that's my chance to make it up. And then that's never the mindset you want to be in. If you're chasing nope. losses, then you're just going to make things worse, as I just pointed out. Yeah. What was your ugly? Oh, uh, it was my Neo trade. Yes, I agree with that. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, so, so not only should you double check your orders, you should double check which candle chart you're looking at. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah. Oh yeah. Luckily, uh, you know, doing risk management, like mm-hmm. it wasn't a CVM level blunder where like it, it blew through my my risk stops. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It could have been so, a lot worse. You know, I, it could have, right. And it would have been if I wasn't, if, you know, I hadn't been taking these courses and hadn't had that risk management sink in. Right. You know, I've, I've had a lot of moves since then that didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, but I'm still in the game because I'm not, I'm not going like all in on AMC like I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> it's time to wrap this thing up. I think so. Are we ready for a new bet? I think so. All right. So, yeah, I guess I get to go. What's happening, Kyle? Yeah, I'm just the... flipping to some daily charts and weekly charts. I've got two oh, stocks you, you that I have your mind. I have two stocks that I identified for next week that I want to look at moving into. Uh, the first one is CNP Center Point Energy. I think is C- yeah, CNP. Yep. Uh, the second one is Logitech, and I like the pattern on both of them. I think uh, Logitech is kind of flagging a little bit, but the volume is not as strong on Logitech as it is on CNP. So I think Centerpoint Energy has got to be my pick. And i got to figure out now, where do I want to set that stop loss? I think the stop loss is going to be at 24.20. 24.20. And if we clear 26, I'm going to sell half. Oh, okay. So we're looking at CNP? Yes. Okay, sell half at 26. And the stop, you said the stop was was where? I wonder if it clears a new high, I want to sell half of it. So that would be 26.18. And what about, where's your stop? My stop was at 24.20. All right. Oh, I got that that penciled in. What's yours? Okay, so I also had two that I was looking behind. I don't know if you looked up, because I think we were using the same pullback screener. 
Mm-hmm. For the one you found CMP on. I don't know if you looked at, looked at oh, the, that wasn't a the other one. I was one. looking at my normal volume one. I was kind of going back to one that I... When we first started the show, that was the screen I was using with the most success. Oh, that's that's funny because I set up a, a pullback screener based on uh, Vico's criteria. Mm. And Friday, it, it had two companies show up. And one was CNP and the other was EQT. And... And so I said, well, I didn't even question it. Like last night you were like, what about CMP? You know, I turned to Jen and I was like, yeah, we got the same screener. I was like, yeah, that's good. Like I had already looked at it. I had already looked at it. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) And I like, I like uh, what EQT is doing. It just had a big, strong green candle to push back up over the 20 day EMA. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Friday had, uh, I, uh, it looks like it could be a shooting star. I don't know. Volume fell off, but, uh, uh, I I didn't go with that one. What I'm going with is iHeartMedia. I H R T. I H R T. They uh they were hitting all time highs. They peaked uh the 24th of June at 2824. I feel like this has Excuse been me, we talked about this one before. I think you've found it a couple times. Yeah, no, this was this was popping up. It had several days in a row on my 52 week highs mm-hmm. and uh I was comp- Comparing it to SPT, it was like, it's got to pull back sometime. Well, it did. It pulled back starting on June 28th or 25th. That's a lot huge of red on candle. Oh, yeah. Huge red didn't candle. It didn't really move the stock Everybody, much either, though. No, it didn't move it a ton. And and so it's been it's been on a downward uh, leg, you know. Look at that. A hammer uh, but that with stopped. A doji. And then, yeah, I like it. I see what you and like. You see what I like? It yeah. had that strong, strong support. Uh, uh, in fact, when you look at the doji candle on July 8th, mm-hmm. that bottom lines right up with the R1 pivot. It lines up with the the 38 to Fibonacci, the 0.38 Fibonacci, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just above the, the, the uh, 3450 EMA cloud. Yeah, and then it turned around, and then it ended Friday. Didn't have a huge volume. I would have liked to see a lot more volume, but it did end up Friday going back up over that 20 EMA, and the, the, the candle pattern looks really nice. Uh, I think I think I think it's going up. Right, where's, so where's I would, stop? I'm going to set my stop right at uh, the bottom of that uh, previous doji. It lines up perfectly with the R1 of the previous month's pivot, and so I'm going to say my my stop is going to be twenty five twenty. Twenty five twenty. Okay. If if it breaks twenty, if it sees twenty eight, I'll sell off half there. Sell half at twenty eight. All right, what's what's our random, and are we going to do our random justice by trying to give them a good stop? Uh, no, I think with random, you're just buying a stock, and it just runs. With just a 15% stop? Yeah, we'll keep just the 15. Okay, you picked Health Equity, Inc., HQY. This looks like it's got a, a finest support around 75, 80, 76, a couple times recently. Looks like it's consolidating after a little run-up. Got a got a really solid uh, morning star candle pattern, but no volume to really back up the reversal. Yep. I mean, if I was going to set a stop, honestly, it would be at like seventy six, seventy five, seventy five. Yeah, a bigger chart. But uh, but give it fifteen percent. Why not? Let it. Uh, I'm looking at the daily. It looks like it double topped. Yeah, it did. It double double topped at uh, what, right right there at eighty four seventy. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's got a chance to run up there one more time. Triple top. That is a little. Ha- that is a nice looking little hammer, but there's not a whole lot of volume with it. Yeah, volume's been decreasing this whole time. All right, interesting. I could see this one going either way. There you have it, folks. Health equity. We got our bet picks in. 
Stay tuned to next week. We'll update the results, and uh, hopefully, for my sake, uh, we turn this shit around so I don't have to read any more goddamn Judy Bloom books. Oh, there won't be a book next time. Oh, shit. Next time, I'll make you write Jersey Shore the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, are you there, God? It's me, Dan. I need to win a bet. <laughs> That's not fair. You can't call on deities. <laughs> <laughs> my boy Hermes has got my back. <sighs> okay, Dan. I think we did it. Well, folks, we gotta we gotta close up the shop for the day. Thanks for sticking around, and we hope uh, you got some value, learned a little something, maybe had a few laughs. We're, we'll be back at you soon. We, I don't remember if we got a guest next week. Is Chris Mamela next week? Chris Mamela next week, and then us on Mind Over Markets at some point. Coming back at you real soon with uh, Chris Mamela. The Retirement King, I think they, they called him. Uh, we can call king. him that. <laughs> yeah, call him Retirement King. Yeah, uh, why not? <laughs> uh, you know, as always, like, subscribe, share. Uh, the more the merrier here in the China Shop. Uh, we're open to everybody as long as you're not a stupid shill just trying to push penny stocks. Yep. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> until next time, folks, happy trades. Bye. Do, do, do. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.